Hello and welcome to the Collecting Heroes podcast. I'm your host, JD, the collector of collectors, and this is the podcast where I interview pop culture collectors from around the world. If anyone remembers my uh, episode, the Sailor Moon episode, they know that I was reaching for the stars. Today, we're going to reach for the sky as we go to infinity and beyond with my next guest. He is Cayman Stoll, and he is a toy collector from Cleveland. Cayman, how are you doing? Not too bad, sir. How about yourself? Thank you very much for having me on. Very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, I've been, you know, looking over your page for a while now. Um, and then I finally decided to to reach out to you and ask you to be on the show because I just thought you had an absolutely fantastic collection. And uh, when I talk about pop culture, what's better pop culture than Toy Story, really? As far as, you know, childhood loves that people have, you know, and those it movies, really Disney doesn't... movies, Pixar, everything. It's it's up there. It really doesn't get more iconic than than Woody and Buzz. You know, there's there's very few characters out there that you can just look at and know instantly what movie they're from. And sort of, you know, you see you see Woody and Buzz anywhere, be it on a poster or a toy or something, and almost everybody knows who they are and has some sort of relation or or memory relating back to Toy Story. So that's 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 a really, really cool thing about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, and as I said, so that's one of the reasons I love have you on the show and also because you do have an absolutely fantastic collection i I say that a lot of the times i I talked about people having impressive and fantastic collections yours is definitely in 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 that realm so thank you thank you very much let me start with your collection so I, i know your collection has started from a very young age and i always ask people how did they come to be a fan of whatever it is they collect and I know that yours actually has an origin from when you were very young. So tell people that story. How, how did that start? Yeah, so I am, I, I sort of pride myself on saying I'm a lifelong Toy Story collector. I was born in 92, so I'm a child of the 90s. Uh, with the first Toy Story coming out in 95, it was one of those movies that I watched re- religiously and continuously uh, growing up. I actually wore out my first VHS tape um, of Toy <laughs> Story to the point that I, another one had to be repurchased. Um, and then it's one of those in December of 1999 when Toy Story 2 came out. I have such fond memories of, of seeing that with my mom, you know, being seven years old. It was the holiday season. Toy Story was everywhere at the time. It was at McDonald's. It was on the toy shelves. It was you couldn't escape it. It was it was awesome. And so I, I have such great memories of seeing Toy Story 2, you know, with my mom growing up and then obviously collecting the toys uh, throughout my childhood. And then when Toy Story 3 came out. In 2010, I was also graduating college the same time that Andy was graduating college in Toy Story 3. So it's one of those, it's, it's always been a part of my life. And I've sort of been on this journey uh, with Woody and the characters as, the, as they've been going on the journey, which is really, really cool. But no, ever since I was a kid and I, I first saw that first film and I've, I collected the toys back then, now as an adult, being able to go back and collect those toys that I had as a kid um, that, you know, you may have lost or thrown out or whatever. And then some of them I've had in my collection since mm-hmm. I was a child, you know, be a Woody or Buzz or things like that. And then, you know, some stuff I just bought yesterday, you know, that's, yeah. you know, still brand new and, and from Lightyear and, and stuff like that. So it's one of those, anytime I put the first movie on, I'm instantly brought back to being a kid, watching it in 1995, being five years old. It's it's amazing. That's, that's awesome. I, I actually, just thinking about it as you were talking, I guess the uh, another comparison that comes to mind um, with your growing up, over those years like Andy did with you know graduating college at the same time and everything is is sort of similar to how some people may feel about um Harry Potter as they were reading the books as kids to when you know Harry Potter finally 
you know, finishes Hogwarts, like graduates from Hogwarts and people, you know, growing up as children reading those books and then sort of growing up with Harry Potter would be a very similar experience for, for some of those collectors as well. Oh, absolutely. Probably, you know, growing up with the movies and seeing, you know, the Harry Potter characters sort of grow as they were growing um, yeah. and sort of, you know, relating it back to Toy Story. It was one of those, you know, seeing Toy Story 3 and seeing Andy pack up and, you know, move away from home and move to college was sort of I was going through the exact same thing at the time. So seeing him do it, the only difference being, you know, Andy gave away his toys at the end of Toy Story 3 and I, you know, decided to keep mine into adulthood. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, so that that being the only main difference. But no, I can totally see the relation there. And what was some of the earliest toys you remember having as a child from the movie? I, I've seen a photo of you with uh, the little binoculars, like the little blue um, sort of binoculars uh, that I think they use. I, I think from memory, I think they're the same ones, or they, they remind me of the ones that uh, Buzz uses in Toy Story 2 when they're viewing the yard sale. Is that, is that the ones? Yeah, they, it, it, his name is Lenny. Yes, and Lenny. It is, it's, That's the, it. it's the same character. Yes, and that is a, that is a very famous photo um, that has sort of been with me throughout my life of, you know, it's the, the the story behind the photo for those that don't know is it was uh the day my brother was born my baby brother oh, and cool. i'm sitting in the hospital bed with my mom as she's showing off my baby brother and i'm holding a toy story toy as proud as can be like i know i just had a grubby brother born but look i got a new toy and so it's one of those that that sort of started off the collection you know with with the burger king toys that sort of came out in 1995 when the first movie came out i still have most of them um to this day but that was sort of it's it's cool having that picture being able to look back on it and seeing where this the toy story collection and obsession definitely started and having like physical proof of it is really really cool my younger sisters um talk about younger siblings so my younger siblings were actually born around the same time as you my youngest uh, sister uh is, is actually born in 92 as well and they had quite the the collection of vhs's um, and you talk about the videos getting worn out. So they had a lot of movies that were on repeat, but this one actually got a lot more spins due to a mate of mine from high school. So I was actually in high school at this time, showing my age, and when that was out on VHS. And I had a friend of mine, Gavin, who was actually played in a band that I was in in high school and out of high school. And he used to come around all the time in the afternoon and the first thing he would do is walk into our family room uh where all the video collection was grab the toy story vhs and just put it on and watch it and that was he was obsessed with coming around to my place to hang out with me but more specifically to hang out and watch toy story because he was obsessed with that movie as well that's amazing that's that's a fantastic story he'd just come over just to watch toy story <laughs> i absolutely love it yeah yeah I, I mean i'd like to think that he was coming around to see me on some level as well but I, he, he did always gravitate towards that VHS. And, and you know, it's it's hard to blame him. The, the movie is incredibly irresistible. <laughs> yeah. And is there a specific um, toy that stands out other than the Lenny toy as well from your collection um, as you were growing up that, that maybe you mentioned some things you've sort of let go of and then you're, you're claiming them back? Was there something that stands out that you've let go of and haven't been able to get back? Oh, excellent, excellent question. Um, yes, and another thing for a lot of those that don't know is being a child of the 90s and growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, a lot of the toys that we grew up with during that period now sell for astronomical amounts of money. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's absolutely insane. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you look, you know, we were speaking earlier about the Jurassic Park episode. 
um, that you had done with the Jurassic Park collector. You know, we go to toy shows and stuff all the time, and I see what those original Jurassic Park toys sell for. It's it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's astronomical. It's outstanding. So the, the Toy Story toys, like some of the original 90s toys into early 2000s, do sell for a pretty, pretty penny. And there's a character, uh, Mr. Mike is his name. He's the character that Woody mm-hmm. uses uh, to do the the meeting and the oh, first yes. one we've got the microphone wheezy sings in him at the end of toy story 2. yes um i had an original one from toy story as a child um there's a picture of it with me in my bedroom and at some point over the years i i lost it i've never been able to reclaim one back because nowadays an original 1995 toy story mr mike sells anywhere from three to five hundred dollars so they are Wow, it's incredibly hard to get. I still give my mom crap every time I see her. I'm like, hey, you remember that Mr. Mike I had that, you know, I no longer have in my collection. Uh, and uh, and does she take it like a champ? She does. She's like, well, you know, I'd get you one now if it wasn't a car payment. And so it's one of those <laughs> like, oh, I understand. I understand. And also speaking about uh your parents and your collection because you obviously went away to to college and you yeah. would have had to leave your toys somewhere as that as happens in the movies did you have to leave them with the parents or did you have a room that was left you know as a collector's room like how, how did it look when you went off to college and how did your your collection happen to be stored it's actually really that's actually a really great story is there's a great moment in toy story 3 um, I'm sorry to keep referencing that, but it's just an amazing movie. And no, there's a great there's a great moment in Toy Story 3 where after Andy sort of takes mm-hmm. everything down in his room, he takes down all of his posters and everything. It's right at the end. And there's a great moment when he walks in with his mom and his mom sort of has this moment where she looks around and starts crying. And Andy sort of looks at her like, oh, and it just like hits him like, oh, this is a big moment for her. Mm-hmm. I had the exact same thing with my dad when I sort of took everything down in my room and he sort of came in to say bye and sort of had this emotional moment of like, oh, he's moving on to the next chapter of his life that I won't necessarily be a part of, but it's still exciting at the same time. Um, But no, the toys actually came with me. They all stuck by my side, you know, Mm -hmm. through all of it. I was like, no, these are, these are going to come with me. We're going to find a way to store them and make it work. Not, not leaving these behind. And how many toys did you have to actually transport around with you during college? Oh gosh, it wasn't as much as it is now. The collection really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, it was more just a few things here and there. So it was maybe a couple of boxes, but it was no nowhere near the the amount that it is now. And did you get a lot of comments about your Toy Story collection during uh, college? Was it was there was it one of those things where you bonded with a lot of people, or in some cases, people were like, "Why have you got your toy collection with you?" Like, how did that how did that play out? You know, it's one of those things that I was. Up until a few years ago, I was never really public about. Um, it was one of those things that, like, I sort of was a little bit public about it in high school, um, mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily received that well. So I was sort of like, "Oh, okay, this is a thing we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep to ourselves and keep mm-hmm. private." Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as you sort of grow into adulthood and you sort of grow out of, you know, those preconceived notions of a teenager and a pre-adult of what's cool and what's not cool. And then you get into adult and sort of everything's cool and sort of everybody accepts everything and accepts you for who you are. Yeah. Um, so it's more into my adulthood. I've been able to sort of more embrace it with everyone and have everybody sort of, you know, be more accepting of it than they were, say, 10 years ago. Well, I've said it in the past. The geeks have inherited the earth, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody 
has some sort of Funko Pop of something, you know, whether they're a geek or not. I'm I'm pretty sure that everybody from their from a TV show or movie, everybody's got a Funko of something at this. It point. seems that way these days, and and they're expanding. I think their their recent shareholders meeting or something along those lines where they did a presentation, and they're actually saying that they're looking to double to like two billion dollars in revenue. So. You can just imagine, like, I mean, we already see how many different fandoms they've got their, you know, fingers in. Uh, from oh, absolutely. Pop culture through to sporting and and everything else in between. I can only imagine how many people have a Funko Pop in their place. Oh, absolutely. And I, I know I've got a couple shelves of the Toy Story ones. You've got a couple shelves of the Batman ones behind you. Mm-hmm. So we're we're 100% guilty of it as well. Yeah. Do you actually, do you have a favorite Funko Pop from the from the Toy Story? Oh, that is that is tough. Looking at my shelf right now, there's a couple. I've got a black and white Woody um, from Woody's Roundup. That's really, really cool. They made Mrs. Nesbitt as a Funko Pop, which is Buzz in the tea party hat with the with the apron and everything. And he's got one arm. Um, so that one's pretty cool. But my favorite probably has to be um, it was from last year. It was a box lunch um exclusive it was rex in his video game space helmet with yeah. like the video game controller from toy story 2 i got that one for christmas last year and it's probably that. definitely one of my favorites that's a cool one and what about other items in like getting away from Funko pops do you have a favorite item within your collection that's tough it really yeah, it's one of those things that like people often ask me who's your favorite toy story character and it it literally changes depending on the day <laughs> like it's one of those I, I never can give a definitive answer so it's probably the same thing with the toys i have like certain divisions of toys that i love like right now the big thing is is lightyear obviously amongst the toy story collectors there's a ton of new toys out for lightyear i've got a whole shelf of the new lightyear toys um you know then there's the stuff from the 90s there's a lot of the newer stuff there's the toy story 4 stuff um so i would say if i had to pick a favorite it's hard, but i would say probably like my original 95 96 toys um are probably like some of my most prized possessions the ones that i still have like mint in the box it's pretty cool being able to like walk in the toy story room and see these original 95 96 toys and it's sort of taking a step back in time you know to like a kb toys or a toys r us back in the 90s and sort of taking that step back and being like oh man this is what we we don't have i don't know how it is in australia but in america which we don't really have like mainstream toy stores anymore we have like targets and walmarts but there's not like mainstream retail toy stores anymore. Well, actually, Toys R Us used to be in Australia, and as it shut down in the US, it also did the same thing here. You lost it in, in Australia as well. In Australia, I, th- I think it was. I believe it was around. I want to say 2017 ish, 2018 maybe. I think. Okay. Um, I remember uh, in the job that I was in at th- that time, actually driving past one and going in, and they had. 70% of the store was empty and they just had all these, you know, bits and pieces. And it was kind of sad to watch, to know that those, you know, those toy stories that we, or toy stories, <laughs> toy stores that we were used to growing up as children um, had sort of changed. Uh, you know, I've got photos of myself, even as a, as an adult from years ago, um, you know, going through the, the a toy store, like from a, a Toys R Us actually, um, and uh, putting on the masks, taking selfies with the different uh, like, marvel masks like a uh, iron man and things like that just playing America, toys. Yeah. and i was like 30 or more years old like i was over 30 years old i still enjoyed going and walking through and looking at the toys in in the different aisles but uh unfortunately you just don't have that now no no we don't it's one i i very i the same thing I, I very very i have very fond memories of going to toys r us as a kid and it's one of those 
I live in Ohio now, but when I, whenever we go back to my home state of Minnesota to visit my parents, the um, store that was Toys R Us is now a car dealership. And it's one of those, every time we drive past it, I always have to say something. I'm like, oh, you know, there was was Toys R Us. And it's like, oh, it just hurts every time. Oh, wow. Going back to what you said before about the Toy Story room. So I, um, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier before we started recording, uh, you know, this is obviously called the Bat Cave where I'm sitting and recording from. And I, I love to affectionately call these fan caves that everyone has. Does your fan cave have a specific name? You know, I have been trying to come up with one for years since I've had it, and and I it doesn't. the The only one? thing is the, is the Toy Story room. I that's that's the only thing we we refer to it as is just the Toy Story room. I, I it does need something better at some point, though. I I, I do think so. I do I do have one. Um, that yes. I was thinking of actually, as I was uh, earlier when I was thinking of this conversation before we started recording, was was thinking maybe Cam's toy barn. Throw it on a sign. <laughs> throw it on a shirt, throw it on a hat. It's done. Cam's yeah. Toy Barn. I yeah. love it. That's that. Bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> and I have to say that because actually uh, I messaged you uh, a couple of days before, or whenever you messaged me to, to say if we were still on. And I said that I was more than likely going to watch a Toy Story movie in preparation last night or re- rewatch, I should say. Um, and I did actually watch Toy Story 2 last night which oh, fantastic. Uh, I, I think I read in one of your posts is your favorite Toy Story movie. It, it is not only my favorite Toy Story movie, it is my favorite film of all time. Um, oh, wow. Toy Story 2 to me is an absolutely flawless movie. There is not a second or a shot that is wasted in that movie. Every mm-hmm. single moment in that movie propels the story forward. I feel the first one does the same thing, but the second one, you know, a lot of it has to do with growing up and my memories of seeing it, but just throughout my 30 years on this planet, it's one of those that every time I pop it in, I just have the same rush of happiness and the same sort of like, oh, just comfort every time it starts. And then it ends and I instantly want to watch it again. It's just flawless, flawless movie. I I really enjoyed it. And I have to say that when I was watching it, I was actually thinking, this is probably my favorite Toy Story movie as well. You know, it, it was one of those ones that I just... I love when Woody finds out his origin story and everything and, you know, getting oh, to meet Jesse and uh, Bullseye and everything as well, like, was was really cool. Like, I really, really in, enjoyed. And um, and there's some really cool uh, Easter eggs. So Al, who I, I, I forget the actor's name, and I, I forgot him during the, the Jurassic Park because he actually is a voice. Um, it's uh, Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight, that's it, that's it. I forgot his name when I was when I was talking to Dave on the Jurassic Park episode as well. Um, but I always think of him as Newman, which I think I mentioned on that show. Yep. It's funny they have the little Easter egg where where Rex is actually running after the um, in the mirror, car, yeah, and they see you see him in the mirror. It's great that they had that little throwback to to Wayne Knight being that voice, and and then you have that little little Easter Jurassic egg Park there. Throwback. I thought genius. that was really cool. And Beautiful funnily enough, the uh, the Jesse story when you know that whole you go through the the, the story of when she lost or when she was given away by her owner and everything. My girlfriend was sitting there literally in tears watching it, and it's funny how Pixar has you know has that power. Disney, like no, especially, it just has that power over us, like to get those emotional connections with things, and they can just break your heart in a five minute montage or you know like a. a part of a story um is there something like that that stands out in the movies for you that that resonates that when you watch it you can't help but maybe tear up a little or, or choke up 
Excellent, excellent question. Um, I, I've seen Toy Story 3 probably a, a billion times since it's been out in 2010. And no matter how many times I've seen it, no matter how many times I sit and watch that movie, when they get to the incinerator and they all start holding hands, mm. realizing that they're about to meet their demise, but they're going to go together. The second they, I'm getting choked up talking about it. The second <laughs> they all start like reaching out and holding each other's hands, I just become a blubbering mess that can't form a coherent thought. Like literally until that scene's over. And I know what happens. I know they're going to be fine. I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. It's just the emotional impact of that moment of these are these characters that I've grown up loving and adoring. And here they are thinking they're about to meet their end. And what do they do? They reach out for each other. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those, if we're going to go down, we're going to all go down together. Um, so no matter how many times I've seen that movie, that that will bring out the Kleenex box every single time. I think that's a, that's a common arc, isn't it? It's, it's, it's that whole connection and we're all sort of in this together and, you know, everyone's, you know, friends and family, like this connection that really grows through every movie. Um, you know, that everyone's together and included and no one's left behind that sort of thing. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm actually getting a little emotional thinking about it myself because I, I do, I love these Pixar movies and, um, and I, I'm a huge Pixar fan. Actually, my favorite Pixar movie I have to say though is Wally. It's probably one of the ones that I, I probably resonate and connect with most. For some reason, that one just stands out every time I watch it. I get joy out of it's, that movie. It's it's beautifully beautifully done. It's it that that one's a masterpiece as well. We put that one on quite frequently from time to time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, when you say we, are you talking about your fiance uh, Mackenzie? Yes. Yeah. My fiance, Mackenzie, who I've been with for about 10 years, she has been incredibly supportive over this whole thing through the time that we've been together. She, she puts up with, you know, Woody and Buzz and watching all the movies and shorts and everything. So she's, she's pretty awesome when it comes to that. And that was going to be my question actually, because I saw in in another recent post that you had um, the, uh, for the door to Cam's toy barn, as we're now calling it, Love it. (laughs) Um, that she got you a Buzz sign for your room as well. Um, so I was thinking, you know, she's obviously very supportive of this collection and and must be a fan of the movies herself. Yes. Yes, she is. And it's, and she's been great with it. You know, we love, she loves going to the Disney parks with me whenever we get to go to Toy Story Land um, and things like that. It's one of those, whenever we go to a store or antique store or toy store, she's just as much on the prowl for Toy Story mm-hmm. items as I am. Sometimes she'll find items before me. Um, you know, we'll be looking around. She goes, oh, look, you know, there's that. Cool. And I'm like, oh, you know, we don't have that or we do have that or whatever. So it, it, it's great. It's It's been really, really fun. Nice, nice. Actually, that's a perfect segue because uh, I've got a list of things that I, I've, I've got here, you know, for different questions and things that I wanted to talk to you about. And one of them is Toy Story Land. Yeah. You know, because I, I've been to a couple of Disney parks. I've been to Anaheim and I've been to um, Japan. But I haven't been to Orlando or, uh, you know, and seen the Toy Story Land yet. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to one day doing that. Tell me about Toy Story Land. How, like, what was your first experience like going there and, and how many times have you been? Oh, man. So I've, I've actually only been twice. Okay. Um, but the, the first time we went was a few years ago. It was right after the pandemic. So it had just reopened mm-hmm. and it was so, so cool. Like, I'd seen so many videos that I, you know, on YouTube and everything that I knew the land like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time we got to go in, it was super early in the morning. And my fiance Mackenzie was super, super great. She's like, honey, as we're walking in, 
Don't take any pictures. Don't take any videos. Just enjoy it. Like just walk in, take it all in and just and sort of enjoy the moment. We'll come back and take pictures and stuff later, but just take it all in. So it's one of those like, I'm, I'm a pretty emotional person sometimes. And so like I, I was crying, I'm not ashamed to say, as we were walking through the land and as I was seeing the big Toy Story land sign, because it's like, I'd been, I'd been seeing this place in so many videos for so many years and then to finally be there. As you probably know, it's not cheap to go to Disney or to go to the Disney parks. It is. Especially when you go from Australia. Abs oh, absolutely. I can't even imagine, <laughs> you know, what that is. For us, it was just a few hour drive, but, you know, even just to be at the parks. But, to, but stepping in for the first time was an absolutely surreal experience. I think I said on my Facebook that it is my favorite place in the world. And I, I still attest that it is. I have the music on my phone that just plays throughout the land because it's one of those just music from all the movies. But as you're walking through the land and seeing the attractions and everybody there has a Toy Story shirt on, which is amazing. I wear Toy Story shirts religiously. So seeing other people wearing them around is is fantastic. Um, but I've only had the privilege of going Yes, it's my it's my kind of people. Sorry to cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, no. You're absolutely fine. You're absolutely fine. But no, I've only been I've only been the two times hoping to go again. Um, the attractions they have are amazing. The food is fantastic. I I absolutely love Toy Story Land. Excellent. And uh, that's another thing I was going to ask you. Uh, how many items have you got from there? And is there do you have a specific hookup for collecting items? Do you have someone in Orlando that you know that goes that you? maybe picks you up items whenever they're released in the park? I wish that would be amazing. There is like certain Facebook groups and things like that of people that do pick up certain things for you in the parks. Um, I would love to eventually move closer to Florida just to be closer to the Disney parks, um, to be able to get off of work and, you know, go over to magic kingdom or Hollywood studios would be amazing. Yeah. But no, the, the items we picked up in toy story land, toy story land always has amazing exclusive merch. Just a few years ago, they actually released a toy version of the slinky dog dash roller coaster so it's like a toy of the roller coaster so you can ride the roller coaster get off and take a toy version of it home with you oh wow which is super super cool um it's one of those anytime we go to toy story land the things i tend to go for as a collector are any items that actually say toy story land um because mm -hmm. they do have like a lot of generic like shop or um, items that you can just get at the disney store but we typically go for anything that specifically says toy story land be it a hat or a cup um items you can only exclusively get down there in the parks i can imagine uh like the pins and things like that yes the pins are another great thing that we always pick up they always have amazing that, that's one that's it's always hard to sort through because there's always so many different pins when you go down there that you have to be picky and choosy of which ones you want well um i just have to say in, in case anyone's hearing a little a couple of banging noises outside unfortunately and i've mentioned this in a in an earlier episode uh, i do currently have construction that's happening across the corner and so there's a bit of noise from outside. So I do apologize if there's outside noise happening. Um, yeah, I can imagine with the parks and collecting all those items, uh, you know, over time, if you if you have a specific hookup. And I, I actually know someone in Florida who might be able to help you, but I, I don't know how to make any promises. Um, I, I know at least one of the audience members who I communicate with who's probably going to be really happy to to, to listen to this episode and, and, and will probably be geeking out along with us and, Hello to that person. I think they know who they are. Uh, but my specific memory for the, for the Disney parks is going to the Japan one. And I, I can't remember the name of the actual ride, but they have a Toy Story ride, which is in Disney Sea. So there's two parks in, in Japan, uh, which is Tokyo, Disneyland, and Disney Sea. 
And Disney Sea actually has its own Toy Story ride, which you which is one of the most popular rides in in that park. In fact, I think it's actually the most popular ride. And when you actually have a look at guides, so you may have done this prior to going to the park, the, the specific guides that you can get where they tell you go for this ride early in the day and, and everything. That's the Toy Story ride in Disney Sea is the one that you have to go for first. So when we actually got to the parks, my partner and I, I ended up having to head straight for there because we got early access because of the fact we were staying on park and uh, in their hotel. So we got slightly early access. And the first thing you do is go straight for the fast pass. This is back in 2019 before they started going towards digital versions and you still got the ticketed versions. So straight for <laughs> straight for the fast pass line. And I just remember I was probably a, a couple hundred meters away from the ride and turned around and the gates had obviously opened and I just saw this flood of people and it was something like dawn of the dead, like <laughs> this flood of people coming up behind me, like as if it was a zomb the zombie apocalypse or something, uh, people just running to get to the fast pass line. So I had to sort of book it and speed up to get there and grab the fast passes. And I was amongst the first people to get them. And I think we, our ticket was still only like a 10 or 10 30 AM ticket um, because of how quick they go. And literally within the first, I, I believe within two hours, the tickets are all gone. And after that you you have to stand in line and the wait time was something like two and a half to nearly three hours on average oh my God. for that ride. And it was a, it was a fun ride. Even even with the fast pass, we were actually forty minutes in line in the fast pass line. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's how popular it is. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, same similar thing for the Winnie the Pooh ride in Tokyo Disneyland. Their Winnie the Pooh ride um, is super popular, and it's the the first thing you normally have to go for and get a fast pass for as well. We have that same thing in uh, Magic Kingdom down in Orlando, Florida and Walt Disney World. There's a there's a Peter Pan ride down there. And a lot of, you know, if you have listeners that are huge Walt Disney World fans, this is going to be sacrilegious for them. But there's there's always like a 70 to 80 minute wait for that ride. And I don't understand why it, <laughs> it's like it's like a classic from when the park originally opened. But we we did it once, like when the park first reopened after the pandemic, yeah. when there was there was nobody there. And we got to just walk on and do it. And every time we've gone since then, it's like an 80 to 90 minute wait. And we're just like baffled. We're baffled every time. We're just like, no, that's not, that's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing with Disney parks. It's you, you end up spending as much time on in, in the line ride, if you want to call it that as you do on the ride or, you know, well, you spend a lot more because you're only two minutes on a ride really. Um, yeah. And I can only imagine some of the people who don't, have the ability to get fast pass or pay for those, um, how long they must spend waiting in line during the day. And especially when, in, the, in the the steamy heat of Orlando, because from my understanding, I haven't been there, but obviously it's supposed to be really humid a lot of the a lot of the year as well. hundred percent. Even just circling back to Toy Story Land real quick, that was one of the biggest complaints about Toy Story Land when it first opened and it continues to somewhat be a complaint um, of guests about Toy Story Land to this day is lack of shade. Um, it is very, very oh, hot yes. very humid in Florida and Toy Story Land does not have a lot of shade. They're currently working on an indoor restaurant that I, I've talked about a lot in my vlogs and stuff. I'm really, really excited about. They're opening up an indoor restaurant later this year. That's going to help a lot of those issues with the air conditioning and things like that. But that has been a huge complaint um, amongst a lot of guests. And when you've been there, Leslie, you said you've been there twice. What's your favorite ride? The 
favorite ride there has to be Slinky Dog Dash, which is the Slinky Dog yeah. roller coaster. That's one, you know, if you're staying on property as a resort guest, as you were saying, you have to be there first thing in the morning to ride Slinky Dog Dash. Otherwise, you're going to wait two to three hours in line for Slinky throughout the rest of the day. But it's one of those that's so worth it. You know, Slinky sort of talks to you and you get to hear the Slinky coils as you're going <laughs> over the different parts of the coaster. It's it's such a blast. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, you, you mentioned your vlog. Uh, so you do have a YouTube channel and I'll get you to plug all your socials at the end. But one of your recent videos I was watching on your YouTube channel. First off, you, you went and did a, a bit of an antique store haul and you, you got this really cool, uh, looks like a handmade, uh, uh, like nesting doll. Yeah. Well. So that that's like just made by a fan themselves or is that like from a company? I think it was handmade by a fan. As we were walking through this antique store, they had a whole bunch of different like Disney characters as these like nesting eggs. And it was cool as we stopped. My fiance Mackenzie was actually the one who found it and was like, look, there's a Woody thing. So we got someone to come and open the glass cabinet. And I was like, you know, if this opens up and it's like one of those nesting dolls with where it keeps going with buzz mm -hmm. and everything, I'm so buying this. Like it's sold. <laughs> so I see it's Woody. I open it up a little bit. I see there's buzz underneath. I don't even keep going. And I'm like, yep, sold. Wrap it up. Like, let's let's do it. I opened the rest of it in the car and saw that it just kept getting smaller and smaller with more characters. And yeah, it looks like it was actually handmade by somebody, which is really, really cool because as a collector, I'm sure as you know, it's so cool going for those rare one of a kind items that you know no one else is going to have. Whereas yeah. like you're, you're sort of go through the collection. And you're like, yeah, a lot of collectors have that. A lot of collectors have that. But then you like stop at a handmade item. And you're like, oh, what's what's that? I've never seen anything <laughs> like that before. So it's sort of one of those that stops other collectors as they're going through your collection and makes them stop and go like, oh, what? I've never seen something like that before. Speaking of individual uh, items and, and maybe personal items as well. Um, we know that, you know, Andy writes his name on, on the toys. Have, is there any of these, uh, because you've probably bought quite a number of, of used items. Have you ever come across a toy that, that when you got it actually had a child's name written on it as well? I have a, a Jesse plush that says Aiden written on the bottom. And oh, it's cool. one of those I could, I could never bring myself to like erase it because I'm like, that toy has a whole history. Like it was, it was loved by a kid. It has memories with a kid that, and it had like a whole life before it ever made it to my collection. So it's one of those, it's sort of cool to, to look back on it and think like, what was the life of that toy before it, mm -hmm. it's able to get sort of a whole new life here in my collection? Wow. I'm, I know exactly what we're talking about because there's also, I was listening to another podcast uh, recently called For Keeps, another collecting podcast. Um, and the host is interviewing a woman who collected collected or she still collects i believe lunch boxes so this is from a few years back this episode uh but she collects lunch boxes and one of the specific things she said is that she can't bring herself to get rid of any items that have a child's name written inside the lunch box because she feels like she's throwing away a little bit of the history of that child oh absolutely absolutely and it, it's really really cool as collectors to sort of give things like those lunch boxes or these toys a second life you know things that like they were played with as a child or a kid took that lunchbox to school every single day and then probably just tossed it aside, not thinking much about it. But as a collector, we're sort of able to preserve it and keep these things alive for future generations. And using the school as a segue, uh, at schools, they tend to occasionally give you what they call pop quizzes. And uh, as you know, on this podcast, as you've listened to an episode with a pop quiz, and um, I do actually have a pop quiz for you. You feel Beautiful. like you're up for it? 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hit me with what you got. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, it's funny. I actually, I did the pop quiz with my girlfriend after Toy Story two last night to see if she, how she could go. Um, she, she didn't score a perfect score, unfortunately, but that's fine. I, I won't hold okay. against her. Um, but we'll see how you go. I, I think you should be pretty good when it comes to these. All right, I'm ready. Here we go. So we've got five, five questions, and there's you know a couple that have sort of follow-ups for extra points as well along the way the points mean nothing at the end of the day really but it's always <laughs> a little bit of fun so okay first off the uh, first question in the first toy story movie the theme song is you've got a friend in me who was it that wrote and sang that song randy newman that's right that's right right foot left foot i don't know if you've seen the family guy thing they, they I have. do the yeah. parody. I, that always cracks me up whenever I see it. Same. Love it. <laughs> uh, a nice easy one to warm you up really. I I, I think love it. Easy Anyone to do who's it. A Toy Story fans should know that. Hopefully. Right. Yes. Second one, and this definitely is one that you're gonna have if, if you get this wrong, I just have to stop recording right now. What is Fair the name of, <laughs> what is the name of Woody's TV show that the toys are based on? That would be Woody's Roundup, presented by Cowboy Crunchies. Oh, wow. Extra points there. <laughs> the only cereal that is uh, sugar-coated and dipped in chocolate. Is there a physical version that they've made of this? I, You know, I wish. they their, their fans have made their own versions of, like, the boxes. Yeah. Um, but they've never actually released, like, the official cereal. That would be amazing. Do you have a fan-made box or anything that you've added to your collection? I don't have any of the fan-made boxes. No, I, I definitely need to pick some up. There's some people on Instagram that make like all of the Woody's Roundup like collectibles that you see in Al's apartment. We have a few mm -hmm. of them. We don't actually have the cereal box though. They're amazing, the fans that actually are able to take the screenshots and make those things themselves. That is really cool. That is really cool. All right, so you're perfect. Two for two, uh, as I said. If you didn't get that one, uh, we were all talking about Toy Story 2 being your favorite. Um, yes, there would be problems. Okay, uh, question number three. What is Lotso's scent? Lotso Huggin' Bear smells like strawberries. Aha, uh -huh. yeah, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. That's three. Now, a funny little thing when I was actually searching um, about Lotso, I found out that um, he actually features it as a little uh, Easter egg within a certain TV show for extra points. Do you know what that TV show is? I know he, I know he cameos in Up very briefly. I don't know if I know the TV show. It's a it's a specific TV show where the characters all are uh, all yellow. The Simpsons? Yes. Yes. Really? I I didn't and look I don't know the episode you can uh, but there's one for you to go and, and search after after we're finished. But you know what's funny? There's there's an episode where where they have he's actually owned by the crazy cat lady and when I believe it's inside inside her house. You see a pile of, of stuff and Lotso is amongst the stuff. That is crazy. I did not, you know, 30 years on this planet, I've never, again, something, a lot of people may just turn the podcast off after they hear this. 30 years old, I've never seen a full episode of The Simpsons. Um, oh. <laughs> not, not that I have a dislike for it. I've just never seen it. I, I have nothing against it. I've just never seen it. Um, wow. So I'm, I'm definitely going to go check out that episode now because I did not know that was a thing. Well, I mean, look, you've got Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'm going to watch it yeah, so you'll you'll have to go search it and, and and find out which episode it's on, and then you'll get to actually watch an episode of The Simpsons. 
And then I will. And I'll say I watched one with lots of wine. That's a great question, though. Wait, that's a way to stump the Toy Story expert. I like that. No, that's okay. I mean, I mean, you got the question right. So that's that's fine um, with the strawberry. So, okay, three for three. And number four, how many heads does Bo Peep's sheep have? Three, Billy, Goat, and Gruff. And I was, ding, ding, ding. I was going to ask you the follow-up. What are their names? So, <laughs> again, uh, something that I think should probably be easy for you. All right. And, and. Number five, and it's probably a probably a mid to easy level quiz, really, for you. But number five, what years were all four movies released? Okay, so no, the first one was November of 1995. Oh, we're going months as well. The second one was also November of 1999. Nice. Third one, June of 2010. Wow. Fourth one, June of 2019. Wow. Extra points for adding the months. <laughs> well done. I, I, ding, I, ding, ding. I, could, Perfect I round. could try to I could try to add the dates, but I think I might be a little off on those. Uh, look, the fact that you were able to pick that it was sorry, November and June were the, were the two yes. months. They were the like, two months. It's, it's it's odd. Like you would think Pixar would be bringing out a movie like that, like that it would be coming out in November and not June, which in America is blockbuster season. Yeah, it's it's very very strange how the first two were sort of like holiday movies released like around the holiday season, uh -huh. um, and then the last two, Toy Story three and four, became sort of the big summer blockbusters, you know, coming out later in June. And speaking of blockbusters or, or recent releases, uh, Lightyear, you're quite a fan of that movie as well. Yes, yes, I absolutely adore and love Lightyear. I was actually watching it again for the millionth time before we started recording this podcast. So it's one of those <laughs> movies I literally cannot get enough of. And going back to the video that I watched earlier um, from your YouTube channel, uh, there's a little bit of uh, fun facts that you do at the end where you're actually giving people a bit of education about a Buzz Lightyear TV show. Uh, do you want to tell people about the history of that? Sure. There is something a lot of people, you know, don't know about was after Toy Story 2, there was an animated series that came out on Disney Channel called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing show and it's sort of about Buzz, you know, going on his space adventures as a space ranger, fighting Zerg, you know, with his recruits and everything. I'm actually sort of going through to backpedal a little bit. Disney has never actually released the series. Mm. Um, it's, it's not on Disney Plus. You can't get um dvds of it anywhere outside of the original movie that's There's what i lot of... when i was watching and, and you were talking about it i was thinking oh wow they like i remember last night when we searched toy story on disney plus to watch the movie um there was all these different shorts and everything that come up but that wasn't there it's not there and there's never been a definitive reason as to why um you can you can search things and there's a lot of speculative reasons such as you know pixar that the the show was actually made by a separate division of disney it wasn't actually made by pixar okay so a lot of people think that pixar sort of doesn't really want to have anything to do with it and now with the lightyear movie coming out it sort of clashes continuities and it's sort um, of like they they're like the new lightyear movie is canon don't worry about that show that you watched when you were a kid that's not a thing anymore i always did so, that with, with a number of the books and things that were written as well yes yes so it's not it's not outside of you know Disney to do that. But a few years ago, I was lucky enough to find the complete series on Blu-ray, um, which is just like a bootlegged copy. It's something that's but it's all the episodes in one yeah. collection. So it's it's great to sort of do that. And I sort of decided for my my collector's vlog that I was going to review each episode just for people who haven't seen them. 
um, if they, maybe they hear about one and they go, oh, that sounds really, really cool. I want to see that. And then they can sort of go to YouTube and sort of track the episodes down. And maybe we can get enough exposure to the show that Disney will finally look and go, oh, maybe people really want this. And then we can get it on Disney Plus or we can get some sort of release of it after all these years. Yeah, I hope so. It'd be great. I mean, but as you mentioned, if it if it sort of messes with the continuity, uh, maybe that's the reason why. And, you know, I I really sort of thought that when Lightyear came out, that Disney would have released it on Disney Plus, and then when Lightyear came and went, and Disney said nothing, that was that sort of crushed any hope for me. Where I was like, oh well, mm. if they didn't do it now, then I I don't see when they would do it. You know. Well, I guess we, you know people know about. Uh, anyone who's a Disney fan knows that there's such a thing as the Disney vault. So obviously it's sitting in a Disney vault and who knows, who knows? Yes. I, I'm remaining very, very hopeful uh, that someday somebody at Disney will be like, Hey, this is a great show that a lot of people today haven't seen. Uh, let's, let's release it to the public. Cause it's a whole, a whole new generation of, of Buzz Lightyear fans haven't seen this show and and it's some amazing Buzz adventures. Going back and rewatching them, they're so fun. It's so funny, and it's it's just great to see Buzz out there doing Buzz stuff. Well, I hope you get your wish, and I hope that for other Buzz Light years, they they get that as well. In the meantime, you obviously have a version that you can watch anyway, so you're you're, you're one of the fortunate ones. And I guess people can keep an eye out online, maybe buy a physical version somewhere as well. Cayman, uh, this has been a great conversation. You know, I've really enjoyed this, and as I say with plenty of people, I could talk for hours about this. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you could as well. Um, so, thank you very much for being on the show, uh, on the show, I should mm -hmm. say. And uh, before I let you go, I always get people to plug their socials. So, let people know where can they find you. Well, first of all, JD, this is an amazing show. Again, I, I, I totally agree with that sentiment i could talk to you for hours this has been absolutely fantastic huge fan of the show thank you very very much for having me on been very very much looking forward to this uh if you guys enjoyed me uh and you'd like some more of my content uh toy story content you can find me on youtube at cam the toy man 95 um i release sort of semi-weekly vlogs just showing new collection pickups for the toy story collection talking about toy story news and then just anything that i feel like talking about toy story wise that week um, I'm also on Instagram at CamTheToyMan95. I post daily on there, whether it's daily reels or daily videos, daily pictures. It's all Toy Story related, Toy Story news, items in my collection, new things I pick up. So go ahead and follow me over there if you guys want. And uh, this has been a blast, man. I, I really, really can't thank you enough. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, as far as collectors are concerned, you've got a friend in me. So thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Beautiful, man. Thank you very much. If you liked the episode, please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join me on Instagram at Collecting Heroes, where you can see photos of the collections of the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own.